Being the Worst, Episode 19, recorded Thursday, December 13th, 2012. From beingtheworst.com, it's the Being the Worst podcast. Audio apprenticeships for the aspiring software craftsmen. With your hosts, Carrie Street and Renat Abdul. In this episode, Carrie and Renat introduce the topics to be covered and the general direction for the next set of episodes. They discuss the new domain to be implemented as they officially launch the next expedition. And now, here are Carrie and Renat. All right, Renat, you're back. You're back at home in Ufa. You're freezing. It's negative 25 Celsius. Where do you live? Jeez. Well, are we recording already yet? Yes, we are. Okay, terrific. <laughs> uh, hey, folks. Welcome back to the Being the Worst. And we're starting new module of the podcast with a short reference to geographical, micro-geographical allocation, <laughs> which is Ufa, somewhere in the middle of Russia, as close to the middle of nowhere as you can guess. And it's, yes, currently it is minus five in the winter, and this night was a bit cold. But I guess things will get started hot and moving forward with this set of episodes that we're planning for you with Kerry. Yeah, I was telling Renat that it was like uh, 50 degrees Fahrenheit here today, and it was the first day in many days that I've actually had to wear pants instead of shorts and a t-shirt. So uh, I don't really comprehend negative 13. That's uh, really cold. So Renat, we're going to kind of remember what we've just finished doing in the first phase of the uh, Being the Worst podcast. And then you have this wonderful outline that you've laid out, and we're going to go over the high points of that. And I'm just going to point out some of the areas maybe that don't make total sense to me so that we kind of know what we can be excited and look forward to. Okay, sounds terrific. So why don't you, from your perspective, if you're using the first 17 episodes of the Being the Worst podcast as maybe a training for your new new hires or interns, what do you view that content as so far? How would you describe what we've done so far? Well, so far, it was a really wonderful journey into establishing the language highlighting the importance of domain-driven design and ubiquitous language, going over some common concepts, and also learning one of the tools that can be used to capture complex business requirements, complex behaviors, and use that with event sourcing. So we went over aggregates with event sourcing. We went about the importance of messaging, uh, which lays out really nice foundation for moving forward with more complicated domains. And actually, we have covered so much material that the factory sample, as it is at the end of episode 17, it's more advanced, it is more detailed than the aggregate with event sourcing sample I've done for one's book on implementing domain-driven design. It's like step-by-step, but we went more far than the aggregate with event sourcing chapter and the sample. Oh, great. So if you were reading Vaughn's book, Implementing Domain-Driven Design, and your appendix in that book, if you wanted sort of the next step from that example, our first 17 episodes would be the perfect next step. Yeah, well, uh, not all of the 17 episodes because at the beginning it's really, really basic, but somewhere closer to the end when we're talking about specifications, you call this episode Specs of the Living Dead, which was awesome, <laughs> um, and the DSL, the boundaries, the bits that keep on giving, dialogue objects, view projections, that's all more slightly more advanced stuff. I see, I see. And I think because we covered most of the major components that we'll see coming up in the next set of episodes, I was able to take the last bit of code in episode 17, and it's it's basically 
although basic and straightforward, it's got all the major pieces of a that you would need in a solution. And I, I was having fun this weekend just uh, renaming some stuff from factories to like a game. You know, I was changing it to a game aggregate and just trying to see what it would look like at the console to add a new action, a new command. And there's actually a working code there that you can just start with. So it's pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. Actually, this set of projects, so we have a domain with uh, aggregates and with application services and a few projections. We have the specifications and we also have the console code that can execute these aggregates and like send commands to them and play with them or essentially write stories. This can be used as a template and it can be used in domain modeling exercises. Granted, there are still a few minor bits that are missing, uh, something like, for instance, to manage long-term business process, but we'll get into that detail in the next set of episodes. Yeah, and I think you mentioned I was asking you some questions while I was looking through that, and one of the things that came up was, what do you do when we add another aggregate or the difference between an aggregate and an entity and value objects and all that stuff? We covered it a little bit, but... I think uh, as we move forward, we're going to have whole modules on that kind of design when you start interacting with multiple aggregates and what's the difference between all that stuff. And because uh, I wasn't the only one that was confused as I was Googling around, I could I, I saw that question asked the same over and over again. You know, what's the difference between an aggregate root and aggregate and an entity and all that fun stuff? And I'm sure we'll get into that uh, coming up in the episodes. Yes, absolutely. We can perceive that the first module or first 17 episodes or 18 if Git episode gets published before we go on, as a first sweep. So we kind of uh, scoured the terrain, and we've immersed ourselves a little bit into the basics of domain, event sourcing, aggregates, uh, messaging, etc., etc. Now, on the bright side, we're, out of the, we're completely worked through the factory sample, and pushing it further doesn't make any sense because it's so simple. And initially, when I was talking on different forums and discussing with Blockout community, the idea was that we would start implementing and going deeper with Don't Break the Chain approach. However, as it seems right now, Don't Break the Chain approach is way too simple. It has too little behaviors. It wouldn't be really challenging or fun. So for the next set of episodes, probably it will be like 15, 20, it's hard to tell in advance, we'll be picking something slightly more complicated that will allow us explicitly to explore not only the structure, uh, the way of capturing business logic within one aggregate, but it will also force us to explore how uh, different aggregates or maybe even different subdomains will be interacting and how not only we'll be interacting with different subdomains, but how we'll be interacting with time. This is about capturing business processes. It's about capturing uh, long-running business transactions. And also, one additional thing on the high level that I really want to explore, actually two, two things. One being how we add different UIs, so uh, multiple clients. Second thing, it's something that I've been getting really immersed myself into recently, is how do you enable collaboration and how do you enable work of multiple developers on uh, the same project? Mm-hmm. How do you organize that efficiently? How do you make sure that adding new features uh, can be done consistently, reliably, even in the face of the fact that people are don't really like to act consistently, especially this applies to me in the mornings. <laughs> okay? And hopefully the second episode will, uh, the second set of episodes will allow us to dive deeper with a new domain and explore uh, more cool stuff. And obviously there is a little bit planned with the, the bits that keep on giving because this way of capturing the domain is really 
helpful and it can be done in really interesting approaches. But that will be a secret for the subsequent episodes. Cool. Yeah, and I'm looking at the plan that you sort of the draft that you tweeted uh, last week. And yeah. I don't want to go over every single bullet point, but maybe just glancing through. Uh, I'm assuming that you have for each bullet point, you have a podcast. Those were kind of what you were thinking would be in each specific episode, right? So the first episode would be getting started with GTD. Mm-hmm. Well, at least that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. Right. Uh, the <laughs> episode is context mapping. And uh, this is like preliminary outline of the subsequent episodes. As we go on, outline might change. We might find out that certain episodes, uh, they don't fit within the time limit. And we might need to break them or some episode sequence does not make sense and it has to be rearranged. The idea here is to provide low precision overview of where we're heading. Mm-hmm. Low precision, because if we try to do something of high precision, it would be first waste of time, and second, it will uh, be outdated immediately. <laughs> what the documentation is, and actually that's one of the things why I'd, I advise to uh, not try to go, well, for instance, way too detailed on the documentation or on the specification or on the wireframes. Well, at least uh, if you're not building nuclear missiles. <laughs> I'm not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you might be interested in coming into the Soviet Russia. <laughs> Uh, no, it's too cold. Negative 25. I don't care what you have there. I'm never going there. <laughs> Let me know when it warms up. Now you did mention, you know, getting things done. We, we should mention that that's a book by David Allen. So many of you guys might already be familiar with that. So if you want to start getting familiar with the domain that we're going to be basically dissecting and using as the example to learn these new techniques and elaborate more on what we started with, you can check out that book. Uh, we'll have a link in the notes, but, um, I actually was reading or listening to the audiobook to kind of get familiar with it. I had it a few years ago, but I never really got into it. So getting things done is just another productivity approach. So it's similar to Don't Break the Chain. It's just uh, my understanding or not is it's just got a little bit more going on with it as explained by David Allen. And there'll be more things to model than there would just be with uh, get a calendar and cross some X's off. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, long story short, getting things done is just a methodology of how to deal with uh, incoming tasks how to deal with all the flurry of information that is coming to a person every day, and how to make sure that nothing important gets forgotten, that it's easy for the brain to prioritize the tasks, and that we can just work efficiently. In essence, getting things done is about well, processing messages, tasks for yourself, and how to move them from one queue to another, uh, making sure that at any given point, it's really easy for you to know what to do next. So getting things done is a methodology or a set of routing rules for in-memory bus of a person, or like uh, I'm using it for my in-memory bus, uh, that makes sure that like all the tasks that are thrown to me, for instance, during my projects, or even if they come late at night, or when I need to do something personally for my family, for the people I interact with, when I owe somebody, or I have to follow up on somebody with something, so that these tasks are recorded kind of as messages in this in-memory bus, and then this in-memory bus provides me a way of uh, asking him questions, asking him questions like, okay, so I'm at home, what are the tasks that I can do right now at home? Or I'm at work, uh, What are the, and I'm working on the project SalesCast, what is the next most important task that I have to be working on right now? Mm-hmm. 
okay, so I'm going on a meeting and then I'm going to see, uh, for instance, Jonas Vermorel and Matthias Steinberg. What are the things that I might be interested in asking about them, but I didn't have time to ask before personally, and I just need to uh, get those replies. Now, this and is something you have now or what we're going to build? This is something that is described by getting things done methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, there is already software implementing that in various sorts of ways. And, well, in addition to being something to help you to organize, to prioritize, not to forget the things that have to be done, it also a really attractive feature is that of this domain is that it forces you kind of to think about your brain, about who, how you approach your uh, everyday life, how to make sure that the, uh, the day is not stressed. Because, for instance, if you're running around and you have uh, 10 startup ideas or uh, 15 things that you have to do today or tomorrow, if you are keeping them in your brain, then the brain will be like uh, just scanning, parsing through the lists and triggering some effects, thoughts, every time it encounters them. Similar like to how you have extra CPU overload when you're polling SQL database. <laughs> when using getting things done methodology and being slightly more aware about how you approach your tasks, it's like... You explicitly explain to yourself and agree with yourself that, okay, whenever I get anything in my brain that might be uh, might need action later, like incoming email or book I'm really interested in reading, uh, I will not keep it somewhere denormalized in this complicated SQL schema in my brain and force my brain uh, to actually like waste expensive CPU cycles just querying this SQL schema in various ways, but I'll push them first to the inbox message queue. And then when maybe I'm traveling or I'm on the bus or in the car and I have a, few, uh, a bit of spare time, I can just process this inbox queue of things I wanted, like I had to record and to dump off my brain and then say, okay, this is task that I can delegate to somebody. Okay, let's uh, move it to the delegation queue. Okay, this is task that I can do immediately because it's something that requires less than two minutes and I have internet connectivity to look this question up. Okay, and this is something that looked interesting at me at first, but after second thought, it's not worth it. Or maybe it's something for the long term. Okay, let's move it to the long term queue. And since we know that queues are persistent, we can forget about the message. And then sometime later, when I'm working uh, on a work, like when I'm in the office and when I'm in the work mood, I can just pull up not query the entire SQL database of the stuff that I have to do every day, but just pull, like, attach to this view of work tasks and start processing them one by one while being focused on one single task at a time. That uh, this experience of, first, making sure that whenever something gets in your brain, it can be dumped safely and securely. It's extremely liberating. It keeps your brain empty. And second, uh, when you know that when you come at work or you come at the shopping center or uh, when you have some free time and you want to do something productive, you will always have tasks organized and structured for you by yourself, doing which will allow you to move forward step by step to your uh, grander goals. Yeah, I think the book in like even chapter one or two, right in the beginning, it, it describes what keeping your mind clear as sort of what martial artists say, you know, mind like water, where it's empty. And, and then you were talking about how the tasks sort of come to you at the right time. And I'm guessing that's where we'll see at least one of the implementations of that in the multiple clients where you might only have your phone with you uh, in this particular instance, because you're at the grocery store and one of the clients tapped into the system, uh, maybe uses this GPS and it knows where you are and it loads up your grocery list and it's only reminding you of the stuff you thought about all week as you were clearing your mind about the stuff you were supposed to buy when you're at the grocery store and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. 
So uh, this is really, uh, first of all, potentially extremely interesting domain because it deals directly with the most complicated area. Well, one of the most complicated areas, it's a human mind, human way of thinking. Second, it allows actually to simplify a lot of the interactions for the humans by being smart and by capturing intricate and complicated behaviors. And additional benefits of this domain, as I see them, are that there is quite a bit of software already on the market that does this thing. For instance, there is a wonderful set of tools called OmniFocus for iPad, for Mac, for iPhone. However, there are a few peculiarities to this implementation. First, it took them quite a lot of time to get this thing right. Second, they still have, well, they used to have quite a few problems with synchronization between multiple clients. And there are quite a few things that are, like, are not working perfectly. And also, they don't have any other client UIs except from the MacBook application, iPhone application, and iPad application. And well, within module two, what we're going to try to build is first to capture this getting things done domain in extremely opinionated way, extremely well documented, and then just show how relatively easy it is to use this domain and to spike multiple uh, web UIs or multiple UI clients, and also how relatively easy it is to integrate these clients with continuous synchronization, with like offline connectivity, so that they can work together in collaboration and also do smart resolution of any conflicts. Yeah, I think that synchronization and the client, just the multiple clients and being smart about where you are and what you're doing, you know, you can you can do a lot of cool, tricky things there with calendar integration or in GPS and a whole bunch of other things in your context. When I'm at this location and my calendar says this and it's my mom's birthday, then do this. We probably aren't going to go that crazy just yet, but it, you can start dreaming about how a basic system like this could be taken to that next level where it becomes really, really intelligent and really does help you kind of just not worry about it because your stuff's all synchronizing properly and they're all making context-sensitive uh, decisions for you to help you out. Absolutely. And also, one of the additional things that I would love to approach in this set of models and actually to learn is to think about not a single project, but multiple projects which worked on in parallel by multiple teams. Uh, because when you are a developer and like maybe a team lead, there is only so much that you can achieve with the software. However, if you're thinking about doing development process and making sure that uh, you're helping multiple teams to move forward, it requires a completely different mindset and it enables you to achieve more. And ideally with this podcast, after we finish the first set of episodes and capture uh, the domain, after we capture the development process for this domain, uh, we'll be able to spike off multiple client UIs in parallel. If there are enthusiasts who want to see how actually aggregates with event sourcing, CQRS, and DDD can be applied to ensure that multiple teams are working on collaboration on features and delivering functionality together. And we'll, uh, ideally, we'll actually be talking about website and application server, which are hosted somewhere uh, on local servers and where actually people can use that. That they'll not only be able to use that from the client perspective, but also to see how this entire deployed application can be upgraded, how it can be versioned, etc., etc. So in essence, we're going similar, for instance, to the Securus journey, where they were doing at Microsoft uh, PNP Group the journey of implementing, I think it was conference management software, mm -hmm. but we'll be going deeper. 
Cool. Obviously, we don't have dedicated teams. We don't have dedicated uh, software support of a huge company. It's just locate. It's just uh, as few people and the community. But I believe when applied properly, we can go way more far. I think so too. And so, like when you look at basic team collaboration practices, what are some of the sub bullet points in there? What are some of the topics that we can look forward to? What does that mean? Team collaboration. That's something that I've started learning recently. It's ability to use and exploit uh, limitations of a person. Like, for instance, exploiting my own limitations, limitations of my own conscience, to be able to deliver software reliably. Because sometimes a person is in the mood to write unit tests, sometimes they don't like to follow with a strict process, sometimes they want to be a good citizen and actually help everybody to succeed, sometimes they're willing to ignore minor discrepancies in the documentation, assembling missing, missing pieces in the mind. So that's one part of the collaboration aspect. Mm-hmm. It's uh, with human imperfection. And second part of the aspect is actually establishing certain methodologies that help to move forward on a project consistently and continuously without getting stuck forever in a loop where you just fix the bugs, just to introduce the new bugs, and then just to fix these bugs, and et cetera, et cetera. So uh, what we're going to do is first to try to apply first uh, engineering practices, which are can be described as extreme programming with all the continuous integration, with maybe continuous deployments, uh, with unit testing, etc., etc. We talked about that briefly in the first module, but we'll be going in more detail in the second set of episodes. And second, we might spend some time on actually a development process, like how do you organize tickets, how do you organize issues, how do you plan deployments, how do you plan releases, how do you ensure quality. The depth of this approach will depend on the community. So if there are people, for instance, who are interested in uh, building a occasionally connected Windows Phone client application for this domain, provided that the majority of code of the domain code is already written and it's already maintained, that there is already infrastructure like GitHub repository, a uh, way to track tickets, way to build software, way to see how this would work with a real server, et cetera, et cetera. So if there are people interested in doing that, and if they're interested in joining a team that will be doing a Windows Phone application, they can jump in. Same way we have something for the Android, we can have something for the iPhone, something that can be adjusted with HTML5 perspective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, like technical irrelevance and cloud scalability and all this kind of stuff. So if the community is interested and you folks want to join in and to do something uh, cool with this domain, just stay tuned to the episode and wait till we finish the domain. And then uh, explain how like to move forward. If there is not enough interest or people just simply don't have enough time to dedicate to on, uh, an open source project like this, learning open source project, then probably we'll do the same projects as well, but in a sl- at a slower pace. Makes sense. I think there is a, quite a bit of uh, community knowledge, quite a bit of experience, that can be described and delivered through this uh, set of steps. And it will just help people all across the world to move forward, especially if there there are people living in third regions, what's called third country regions, without much accessibility, without uh, much ability to pay for the expensive courses or expensive books. And here they will have a set of basic skills and uh, initial knowledge that would allow them to start building something on their own. Yeah, and, uh, and the project, if uh, done properly, uh, can actually help you get things done as well. Well, uh, maybe yes, maybe no, we'll see. Because if there is a dilemma or a choice between 
simplicity and ability to explain the code and, and the other extreme being uh, production features, I would definitely prefer to have something that is simple and explanatory. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's our primary interest. I totally agree. In doing some uh, commercial project, uh, then definitely they can have, like, they can use the domain captured there and use, build something better and simpler. Cool. And before we get into the homework of what we should do for this episode, I'm, I'd love to just quickly, as much as possible, give people a sneak preview of some of the high-level concepts that you are currently thinking about covering. So, for example, we've got an episode on context mapping of the getting things done domain. Uh, we talked a little bit about that in the first module, first few episodes. Uh, so we're obviously going to dive deeper into that, which would be cool. Then we've got more domain modeling. Uh, what's that going to look like? You've got behavioral logic, specifications, interactive shell. Is that really getting into more of the specifics of domain-driven design at that point? Yes. Well, first of all, that will be an exercise of redoing the stuff that we've done with a sample, but we're implementing it for the new domain. Okay. Ideally, for the Being the Worst podcast as a lifelong journey, we would have done this domain modeling exercise multiple times, each time going slightly deeper, each time going into more details with the domain, et cetera, et cetera. Right, just uh, getting better at our story writing, basically, and, and probably exploring more of the more advanced topics of DDD, uh, aside from what we've already covered, just getting into the, the next level of detail, I guess. Yeah. And let's see, we, then we've got stuff on getting into the details of our application server. we got much more detail in the persistence and RPC messaging, the maintenance of all that stuff. That'll be cool. You've got a topic on uh, lightweight development. We'll see how it goes. I'd just suggest just to get started and adjust according to the journey. Because when we were starting actually first set of episodes, we didn't even plan more than one, two episodes in advance. Here we're getting slightly better. And it might be interesting to see you know, what kind of terrain do we get in the end. I think, as usual, the episodes and where we, what we get to and the questions we get back and what's not clear and community feedback will ultimately guide what each episode is going to have in it. But just for those looking forward to, to those things, like when I see continuous delivery process, those are things that I've seen books on and read about, but I can't wait to actually get up and running because I'm, I'm assuming that means we'll literally get into – how do you set up whatever those tools are so that I can check in and update to GitHub? It kicks off the automated tests. It decides if everything's happy. And the next thing you know, you have production deployable code either automatically deployed or sitting there waiting and could be deployed if you wanted it to. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be awesome. We've got some stuff on first simple web UI because we didn't even get anything besides a console last time. So uh, that'll be interesting just to see how you you do those simple uh, web UI stuff. So for you guys on .NET, that's like ASP.NET MVC things. Um, again, we don't know exactly where we're going. I'm just trying to whet your appetite a little bit with some of the stuff we're talking about. So I'm glancing down, and here's the other client stuff, HTML5, CSS3. You know, I've sort of been ignoring that stuff. I mean, it's unavoidable. Everyone needs to learn that stuff just to know it, probably, at least of the basics of JavaScript and HTML5 and CSS. But uh, it'll be cool to see how that branch of that client, if that ends up being like a client team eventually, that you know they're really good at web development and the web client for the GTD domain is uh, they're going to be doing all those cool things. So that's cool. Uh, and then we got the cloud deployments and elasticity. So really, what it looks like, Renat, is we haven't changed the what we said at the very beginning. It's just now that we've gotten through our first simple car factory domain, we're picking a more complex domain so we can dive deeper into all those things we was talking about at the very beginning. It's just actually doing them now. Absolutely. Cool. 
All right. So our homework for this episode, what should I do? And if anyone wants to follow along, what should they be doing if they want to do their homework for this one? Well, uh, step one would be uh, familiarize yourself with the domain. Mm-hmm. Learn uh, the most important concepts. And maybe reading the entire book would be an overkill. But we'll have references to the episode to relatively good articles that provide different views to the GTD methodology. The purpose of familiarization is first to capture the vocabulary and then like to get an idea of which behaviors and which concepts from human practices, that's something that is really complicated to capture, will actually be capturing in both domain code and the user interfaces. And then the practical uh, part of the homework is to lay out the vocabulary and start uh, writing stories. Okay, well, that's cool. And I think just to get started for this one, for my limited reading of the book or listening to the book so far, if you do have the book or you listen to it, I think just even the first three chapters or maybe even the first two gives you a pretty good overview because I think the rest of the book is about the detailed implementation, which we'll probably care about as we dig deeper going through multiple episodes. But if you want to see these reference documents that we'll have links to uh, that Renat just referred to, or if you actually have the book, I think if you just read chapters one and two, you'll have a pretty good idea of what it's all about and the concepts Renat was talking about, clearing your mind, having collection buckets, having a trusted place where you're collecting these things and you regularly go back to, organizing these in a systematic way and da-da-da-da-da. It covers that high-level stuff in chapters one and two and uh, that doesn't take very long to go over that. So if you do want to stay up with us, that's what I'll be going over for my homework and uh, using that information to start writing the stories and capturing the language. Yep. And also, we'll provide the link uh, to this outline of future episodes, uh, as a, and it will be linked in the podcast blog post. So I'd recommend just to glance through and to see in advance for yourself if there are any interesting topics that you'd love to cover in more detail, or if you want to join uh, one of the client teams. Well, and when I'm saying client, it's not just a thin client, because we'll try to do occasional connected system, which means that the client interface will have to actually host the domain in order to be able to make the decisions and then merge the changes with a core server. So if you're interested in when any of these specific projects, just don't hesitate to leave feedback and just say what you think about that and what do you want to dive practically deeper into. That's great. We'll get that posted. Um, anything else or not before we wrap it up? Stay warm. <laughs> Stay warm. Avoid UFA in uh, late December because it's freezing. Uh, and we are, oh, Renat, one last thing I did want to mention. I want to congratulate you and Anton on, uh, starting the Russian version of being the worst. So if you're listening right now and you happen to actually speak Russian as well as English, there is a version of the podcast. Renat, why don't you give us the 30 second pitch on, on what's going on with that? Just cause, uh, it's cool that we have another language version of, uh, of what we're doing here. Well, a Russian language, Russian version of being the worst it's simply a different set of recordings that will be eventually catching up in an eventually consistent way with English version. And it's just the same material, maybe slightly more structured. Russian episodes will have one-to-one match with English episodes. And they'll be referencing the same material. They will be referencing the same uh, samples, etc., etc. Yep, so you'll be able to use the same code and do all that other stuff. It's just... If me talking really fast or Renat's accent is bugging you and you speak Russian, then congratulations. 
we have someone from the community that stepped forward and said, hey, Renat, I'd be willing to do this over again with you in Russian. And uh, they already have episode one out and the recording episode two today uh, after we finish here. So really cool stuff. Love to see this initiative just kind of growing horizontally and getting to as many people as possible. It's really cool, Renat. You speak Chinese, Spanish, Italian, whatever, and you want to provide the same uh, level of uh, like the same material to your own communities and maybe get more practical insight into the process, don't hesitate to step in. Unfortunately, me, Carrie, and Anton, we don't speak any other languages except from English and Russian. Uh, however, we'll be able to provide support. We'll be able to maybe show a few hints how to do audio editing, how to set up a separate uh, website, host within being the worst domain, and we'll just answer whatever questions you might be getting into. Yeah, that'd be really cool. You obviously would, if you're understanding what we just said, you must speak English, but we'll just have to trust that you're saying something useful in uh, Chinese or Spanish or whatever other language you speak. Uh, and maybe eventually, Renat, that'll lead to us not only learning new programming techniques, but maybe we will speak other languages someday. But I better start with two. You, you've already got you've got me uh, one up on the uh, with Russian right now. So anyway, we're at beingtheworst.com, at beingtheworst on Twitter. And please uh, leave your feedback on the site. We really love uh, receiving your comments and your feedback. It really does drive the direction of what we're going to talk about. And uh, as we mentioned before, we're totally willing to adjust the episodes as needed based on what you guys uh, need to hear, if it uh, makes sense with the roadmap we're trying to cover here. So thanks a lot. Keep listening. Uh, our listener count's going up, which is awesome. So hopefully we can keep it going or not. Yep. Okay, thanks, folks. Talk to you soon. Stay warm and may this be with you. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Talk to you later. Bye.